the AI optimist. Enhance and serve humanity with Declan Dunn. Hey, welcome to episode six. And let me ask you right off the start, do you remember your first prompt? Essential questions, magic gen AI delusions, and the madness of crowds is what we're going to cover today. See, most of us remember that first AI prompt, that sudden rush as the first answer quickly appears. You're like, wow, That's, that is sort of vague, maybe verbose. Expecting instant content? Then you got to ask a good question. So let's see how it's done by going into the nature of a good prompt, which is really the nature of a good question. Because your first prompt is like dipping your toe into the AI ocean. It's inspiring, but you sort of wonder what lurks beneath the surface. Is it Terminator AI or is it the next coming of tech to free us from thinking and creating content? Well, instead of wondering how the AI black box works, let's start with your intent, the context of your question and how to frame it. That not only is gonna help you get a good prompt, but this is gonna to extend to when you work with people in business, asking questions and listening. I want you to really understand a great question because that's how you get great answers from AI and create great prompts. And then follow up by challenging the responses you get and of course checking facts. We'll say that again and again, but don't just accept the first answer because this is like, it's not about a drive-through window where you get fries with the answer to your prompt. Once you get your prompts down, you don't have to do that much, but you need to understand how to do it. And in this episode six, of the AI Optimist, we're gonna talk about the science of asking essential questions, which equals good predictions. And I'll tell you what that means. Then applying your magic to Gen AI, how to apply the magic of understanding a good question and a prompt to what you're doing. Because finding the magic in your questions is not just about the AI sea of data. It's about thinking about your chatting with like a wise sage who holds the answer to almost all the questions there are. This sage speaks a unique dialect, and that needs the right questions. That's how it understands. See, prompts create predictions because what Gen AI does, it doesn't, it's not some thinking beast. Remember, it's a tool. So it's gonna go out in this sea of amazing data that's way beyond anything we can imagine. But what's funny is, if it's not guided with a very specific question that's sort of general, it's going to bring you back weird answers or even what people call hallucinating, which again, you know how I feel about that. That's making it human, but it's really just trying to do its best to predict. So your job is really to create a great prediction by actually thinking through your question first, because while Gen AI may have a data trove of information without specific guidance, direction, and context, it's sort of making things up. And we don't want it to make things up. We want it to actually give you a good answer because garbage in, garbage out is the truth. So if you're frustrated, it's not the AI, it's the question you're asking. Now I have some information, always read the articles I do, share and go and look at this. Conversational Goals Matter from the Harvard Business Review is included on this. It'll show you some great ways to start thinking because I want you to do more than just think of prompts. I want you to really learn what a great question is. So let's jump into the science of asking essential questions because that equals a good prediction. Because questions are like a compass. 
you're guiding the AI through what's called a neural network to fetch the answers we seek. But if your compass is imprecise, meaning your question, you might go south when the answers you seek point to the north. Because let's face it, questions shape reality. They define what we seek and what we find. So remember my previous pod, episode five, write me a good outreach me email, led me to a really sort of poor answer, ambiguous and mediocre. So instead of that, we wrote a much clearer message that was specific, simple, and kept improving the first response. Remember, engage, refine, iterate was the process I talked about. So the power of questions, before you start your prompt, remember that asking good questions is core to communicating, learning, and science. Type of questions determines a response, and I'll show you the best styles. How you frame it, just like you see a painting is in a frame, the questions and the words you use gives a frame to Gen AI. And when I talk about Gen AI in this pod, that refers to ChatGPT, Bard, Claude. I can give you a million names. Most of us call it ChatGPT. I'm going to reference that as Gen AI, okay? Because this is also about psychology. And you don't have to go too crazy, but I want you to dive in. Because even if you're really bad at asking questions, you can even ask ChatGPT and Gen AI to create questions for you. Like, I'm researching XXX topic. I'm researching my company. I'm researching my customer. I'm researching history. Suggest three methods you need to create the best response and write three prompts I can use. Each prompt should provide a different perspective on the research, including the context. That's sort of a lazy way to do it. But you know what? There's nothing wrong if you can get good answers. And there's all sorts of tools to help you get better prompts. We've covered that before. But let's talk about the types of questions that can help you get better prompts, the general types of questions to ask. And I'm going to reference this in terms of asking a question about AI. Okay, so we can be specific. So the three types of questions are, one, open-ended. These are questions that can't be answered with a simple yes or no. It's very important to not just ask it for a yes or no answer. Second, probing, diving deeper into a topic, often a follow-up to an open-ended question. This is what I suggest. And the worst one, though you can do it, is leading. That's where you're looking for a response. You're like trying to get it to validate what you want. This is actually puts you in what's called an echo chamber, and they imply an answer and a bias in their response. This is really good when you want to get perspective on something like this view and that view, like I'm doing with the AI, AI optimist. I got into a debate with ChatGPT. I wanted, I asked a leading question so I could oppose it. But you got to know the point of view, the perspective of where, who's asking the question, because otherwise it's general. So take a breath. Let's work through this and see what's going. Because remember, when you're asking questions, what's the intended outcome? Do you want to just, you know, be right and have it validate your point of view or get new answers? Who's the audience for this? And what's the context? And this is the part really that bugs me like crazy about people who do prompt engineering, which is a fancy word for writing questions for us because real prompt engineering that we're going to cover in the next pod is about where these people get paid outrageous amounts of money because it's really technical, it's deep. There's all sorts of data. I'm not going to get into that now. Now we're talking about the context of your simple question normal people are asking, and that's going to help you get through it. So when you're talking about context, let me give you some ideas of what context means. There's temporal context. When this happens, that could be like asking about history. In World War II, 
What was D-Day? You know, when was D-Day happening and what was his impact on the overall point of the war? The second type of context is spatial, physical location. Hey, this has to do with, you know, gives us an idea where the physical is. Social context is another one. Cultural and societal links, influence in how something is understood. Let's face it, I'm in the USA, and the way that we look at the world and freedom, for example, you look at that and compare that to China or Europe, they're different meanings of freedom. I'm not saying right or wrong. This is a social context. So if you're speaking to an American audience, it might be different than if you're speaking to a European audience. And see what I'm saying? If you let in your prompt, let ChatGPT know who the audience is, it helps it understand and give you a better answer because these cultural differences are massive. Then there's situational context, the conditions that are relevant to the event, like um, I'm contacting a new customer for marketing, or I'm contacting an existing customer who's bought three or more times from me. That's a situation. It's a very different sort of answer, right? It makes sense. Of course, cultural context, beliefs, values, and practices. That's what I talked about. And it's sort of like it overlaps with social context. But it's very important to think about this, especially if you're marketing, for example, to an international market. You want to know how to be able to speak to people and not just be, as I am American, and I work with people all over the world. I love that. But I also have to understand that their culture is not mine. And again, not right or wrong, just understand the frame, how somebody sees something. And finally, psychological, mental and emotional state. That definitely impacts how people perceive or interpret information. So this sort of context brings into your question, and let's talk about examples of an open-ended, probing, and leading question examples. Now, remember, I'm going to apply this specifically to AI, so don't worry if you don't know some of these references, but more think about the questions, okay? So an open-ended question, a simple one might be, what do you know about the origins of artificial intelligence? That's a very simple question, followed up by an open-ended question, which actually might jump to part two, probing. But on a follow-up question, can you elaborate on the key figures or moments that you think were pivotal in its development? See, open-ended questions allow for various responses and encourage detailed information or opinions. This is a process and a way to think, because when you sit down with ChatGPT, Gen AI in general, you're going to be asking for specific answers, and you want to know. Uh, Open-ended is what I suggest most people do. Now, a probing question, and I'm going to talk about the Turing test, and Turing was a major impact in artificial intelligence and computing in general. You can go look him up, but let me ask the simple question. Was the Turing, T-U-R-I-N-G, Turing test significant in the history of artificial intelligence? Now, I'm asking it for an opinion there, but with somebody as famous as Alan Turing, this might be significant. The follow-up probing question, what other milestones or breakthroughs were equally or more important in shaping the field of AI? Now I'm asking it to get deeper and give me a broader perspective, and you get a better answer than just asking the simple one, because then you're limiting Gen AI to just looking out for a simple answer when the probing one allows you to give it depth. And also that's where you get a richer response. Again, we haven't even talked about putting in a tone, but if you remember from the last time, what tone, personable, professional, things like that. Probing questions dig deeper to explore nuances of the topic, okay? Encouraging specific info or clarifying. 
Now let's look at a leading question example to show you the difference. Was Alan Turing a foundational figure in the development of artificial intelligence? Now that's sort of a yes, no question. It's also an opinion question. And Gen AI is not great for asking opinions. It is not a sentient being with emotions, as we like to think, it's a tool. So if you're asking it, it's gonna look at what everyone else says. Some will say yes, some will say no. Most people will say yes, he definitely was. But just in a follow-up leading question, is it true that without Turing's work, the field of artificial intelligence wouldn't be where it is today? Now, you're going to get opinions from different people, so you might want to ask, give me an answer that both agrees with this and then give me an answer that opposes it. And often I'll do that in the follow-up. Show me a supportive answers for this question and then show me the opposite. These opinions are so great and such a great use of Gen AI because it's going to help you, especially if you're in, even doing business and marketing questions. You want to have the opposite viewpoint. What somebody who doesn't agree with you thinks. I do this all the time because then it lets me not just get, oh, that's a great idea. And here it is. And ChatGPT will do that all the time. Any Gen AI will do. So, for example, after asking the above follow-up, ask, now disagree that without Turing's work, the field of artificial intelligence wouldn't be where it is today. Now tell me the opposite of what you just told me. Take a look at the answers, Dad. It will give you a rich answer, and those multiple perspectives are what's important. So remember, craft your prompts by challenging assumptions, getting broad perspective, and you know one of the great parts of Gen AI is? Know your own biases. Your personal beliefs influence everything from personal to business to everything you do. Most of us are really unaware of our own biases. And the more that you know it, you'll actually start being able to listen to people better. And this is a human thing, but it's very important because you want to avoid confirmation bias, asking answers to confirm what you believe. And that's so what most of us do. So make it clear and concise your question. Test them out. And be sure to consider when you ask it, do your words trigger an emotional response? Not from Gen AI. But are you looking for that? Because a lot of times we don't know that. And did you ask why and how questions? Why and how questions are very, very powerful, all right? So let's go to apply the magic of what we just learned of understanding the power of questions. So few people love to jump into the tech and, oh, copy and paste a bunch of prompts and they don't understand the power of asking a good question. So applying your magic to Gen AI. The Gen AI seemingly is like a magician. Responses come quickly and confidently. Filled with references, but wait, that's not right. Oh, especially ask scientific questions. It's so not good in science yet, and any scientist will tell you that. Is this thing hallucinating? It's not. See, an AI prompt and a magic trick can create an illusion of control and mastery. An AI prompt by providing a framework for generating text or images is seemed to be the product of human creativity, but it's not. What you get is a probable response based on what others have created. And this is why it can sometimes create average answers, especially in the previous pod. In email, people trust it to be horrible. You want to be able to give it the right tone. You want to be able to ask the right questions. So the key to generating stellar content is asking the right question. And let me give you the roadmap. Because the magic comes when you ask the right questions and don't ask for opinions. So the roadmap to asking good questions is... Begin with a broad, simple question, narrow it down, like you're zooming in on a digital map. You see the big view and then you zoom in to where you want. Chisel away based on the response, delve deeper, seek clarity, 
Again, ask for real-world examples, especially when it seems abstract. See if it can pull out some actual examples. And when treading into questions needing opinions, request different perspectives. So let's talk about like Jasper, for example, is one of my favorite marketing AI tools that uses all these different ChatGPT and Claude and a bunch of different large language models. They have a great advertising prompt. Use sentence fragments and figurative language. Write as a master of brevity would. Frequently use short, pithy sentences that pack a punch. Wow. So watch your language to avoid biased responses and give it the tone you want. And uh, sort of avoid opinions. Let me give you the best example of questions. And this is going to be applied to a couple of different areas, just for example. And open and clear would be, Explain the theory of relativity in simple terms a 10-year-old will understand. Now, you see, it's not always a question. It can also be a specific instruction to write this, but we're going to call that a question as well, if that makes sense, because still, you're basically answering a question, what is the theory of relativity? But you're explaining it in simple terms a 10-year-old would understand. See? Specific and contextual. What were the primary causes of World War I from a European geopolitical perspective? Now, I'm a history buff, so I also know that Europe in the various Eastern Europe versus Western Europe would have very different viewpoints from the United States, which didn't get into the war until later on, to Russia, which actually backed out of the war during the Communist Revolution. They would all have different opinions about the primary causes. Know your audience. What is the perspective you want? And sequential. Let's start with a general question and dive deeper. So from doing a prompt, let me tell you one about, let's say, I love quantum mechanics. So simple question, what is quantum mechanics? That'll give you a very basic answer. So number two, how does the double slit experiment demonstrate quantum phenomena? You may not understand what that is, but if you know quantum mechanics, this is very common. And number three, can you explain the concept of superposition in that context? Now, what I've gone is from general to deeper to deeper to get clarity. All right. Now, you don't have to know about quantum mechanics. Just know that, see, what I did was go into the follow-up questions. And if you actually write these beforehand and then get into a discussion with ChatGPT or any Gen AI, it'll help you quite a bit. So do ask specific factual questions. Requests for summaries. Language translations are fantastic. Don't ask personal advice, subjective questions, or illegal, contentious, controversial topics. A lot of times those topics won't even be answered for a good reason. They sort of got abused, but also we don't want to teach people how to make bombs, right? Now, there are ways to crack that. I'm not going to go into it, but let's talk about clarity. Frame your question in a clear context. Instead of asking, what's AI? Say, what does AI stand for? Including specific examples of the different AI available. Be careful of using slang or informal phrases because it might confuse Gen AI it might not understand your slang or the context, okay? So be careful, like, remember, you're speaking to it in its dialect, the way it speaks. Learn to do this, repeat, ask it, you know, you can ask it the same question twice, it might come up with two different answers. That's the way it works because it's looking at all this data, predicting what you want. So one of the things I like is to always ask to provide multiple perspectives. Ask it to support and attack, and attack your viewpoint, especially if you're doing, for example, business marketing. Don't just let it go, yay, this is great. This is what we do in rooms. We have this tool now that can give us both sides of the opinion, and what someone doesn't like will teach you as much as what they do like. Both sides can really help you. 
Now, you can encourage it to be supportive and critical in different ways. Give me a supportive response. Give me a critical response. So you get a rich response, not just a pat on the back and you get what you want. And look at my debate prompt example for this whole series, The AI Optimist. You can go back to our first episode and as well as you can look at the debate itself on the AI Optimist site to learn. So what have we learned from prompts? Ambiguity. If you're vague, you're going to get vague answers. Specify. Assumptions. Sometimes you assume that Gen AI understands a previous question. Make sure you ask them in answers. And a lot of times, if I want to do a new topic, I'll open a new session. You can say stop and uh, ignore what you previously did. But most often, I like to open a new session to keep them sort of organized. Limitations. For example, ChatGPT stopped gathering data in 2021. In recent weeks, it hasn't even been able to go out on the internet, even though there was a plugin that allowed it to do it. It stopped. There's lawsuits. There's all other reasons I don't understand, but it's sort of old data where Google's Bard, for example, can go out and actually summarize articles because it has its search engine can go out in real time. So know the limitations and always check your sources. Be careful. Don't The mistakes I've seen is leading the model. Isn't it true that? It's not going to give you an objective answer. And if you're going to say, isn't it true that, then ask the opposite question, the untrue part. Have it oppose what it gave you. Does that make sense? It, most people don't think of this intuitively because we just want to get the answer we're looking for, but we don't understand that somebody who doesn't hold that opinion, if you want to get the opposite opinion, if nothing else, you're going to learn something you didn't know. That's why, like when you're studying your customer, I always tell you, if you're on Amazon, look at the five-star reviews for a book that's related to your topic. And then look at the one-star reviews that tell you what they missed. That's the goal, because that person missed one thing. The five stars are usually, oh, that's great. I love it. And we all love that, okay? But knowing what missed gives you so much information. It gives you almost the core, especially when we're talking about customers in the business context. That thing, that customer pain point is clearly revealed. Ask for it. Don't assume infinite knowledge. It's not, Gen AI is not crazily that smart. And being too brief, you got, you got to be careful. It can be brief is good, but, you know, you want to ask a few follow-up questions. So our key takeaways as we close this off, because I know you're saying, right, okay, I get it. Ask the right questions, but how? Number one, draft your questions. Consider what you want before posing it. Take a few minutes. You can get into it, and it's sort of fun to go back and forth, but a lot of times, that's where you'll see yourself sucked away into a lot of wasted time. Start broad. Lay the foundation. If you're curious about black holes, start with what are black holes. Zoom in next. Based on the first answer, dive deeper. Seek multiple views. If you're not satisfied, reframe, rephrase, and ask again, and ask for examples. Because Gen AI is a mirror reflecting the quality of your questions. It's not just about asking. It's about mastering the art of cross-questioning and notice the main difference between good questions and bad ones. Ask questions about who, what, when, where, why, how, and which. Remember, you can ask Gen AI to create prompts and there are tools to develop prompts. But when you actually think about it, the more that you learn to ask a good question, this is gonna help you way outside of just working with Gen AI. It's gonna help you in your own communication and personal and business. So you don't have to create the first prompt yourself, but like a baby taking its first steps, unsteady and awkward, with practice, it becomes second nature if you know how to ask the right questions. So with that, be sure to share, like, cling the little bell, 
and come back to the pod. Give me some comments. Reply to the emails that I send out. I'd love to know what you think. The AI Optimist. My name's Declan, and I'm done. See you next time.